Former Congressman Duncan Hunter will now serve 11 months in federal prison. His sentence starts on May 29th, although the date could change because of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. The sentence falls between its recommendations made by prosecutors and what Hunter's lawyers had argued for. Duncan and his wife Margaret have pleaded guilty to misspending more than a quarter million dollars in campaign funds for both routine expenses and lavish vacations. The sentencing is the penultimate event in the Hunter saga. Margaret will also be sentenced soon. Today is Tuesday, March 17th. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Morgan Cook, you're part of the watchdog team at the Union Tribune. And after many months, we finally have a sentence for Duncan Hunter. What's the news? Duncan Hunter was sentenced to 11 months in federal prison today. Um, He was not taken into custody, but uh, he is expected to report to uh, prison on May 29th. Of course, that date could change depending on the situation with uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19. Yeah, so what are some of the main reasons why he got this sentence, which could have been longer? The prosecutors recommended as part of the plea agreement that Duncan Hunter reached with them that they would recommend a sentence of, I think it was between 8 and 14 months. And they had recommended 14 months in prison, but the judge gave him a sentence that was right in the middle of that range. Mm -hmm. So basically the judge kind of went with the middle of the road approach when with both sides kind of deciding it out, right? Right. I mean, on time. But the thing... The thing is, is that Duncan Hunter, um, his attorneys had asked for him to serve any any sentence at home mm-hmm. instead of in prison, and they did not get that. Yeah, so he will have to go to prison, presumably in May. So this is a story that you've been working on for years, and throughout the entire time, Duncan Hunter has, you know, attacked you, attacked the UT, saying we're fake news. What was his tone today? His tone today was quiet. Um, I asked him a question coming in to the courthouse, uh, but he did not respond. And then in court, he only made a couple of statements. Um, you know, he said to the judge, I take, I take responsibility for this and, um, you know, please go easy on, on my, the mother of my children, Margaret mm-hmm. Hunter. And also, is this judge also going to be making the determination with Margaret Hunter's crimes as well? Yes, that mm-hmm. that is the plan, as I understand it. And we don't really know quite what kind of sentencing recommendation or possible deal Margaret Hunter has right now, right? Um, right, but I, I think that she um, will get a recommendation for less time mm-hmm. if they decide to, you know, pursue that. Uh, because she also cooperated with prosecutors. So she pleaded guilty to the same charge as her husband and therefore you know, could face a maximum of five years. But as part of her plea agreement, prosecutors you know, departed from that and said, We're less time for cooperating with us, less time for being a first-time offender, you know, and those types of things. And uh, I think her recommendation is actually a little less mm-hmm. than Duncan Hunter's. Uh, So we'll see what happens with that. But it sounds like she will likely face jail time as well and not likely to serve this out at home, right? 
Um, I don't know, mm-hmm. but she certainly could end up in prison. Um, and if that is the case, if she is sentenced to prison as well, um, the Department of Justice typically staggers sentences so that one parent can always be with the children. Mm-hmm. And they do have two children and they're currently living with Duncan Hunter Sr. So even if both parents went to jail, there would still be an adult in the children's lives, correct? Um, I would think so. They have three children. One of them is in college. Mm-hmm. The other two are the younger two live at home. So and also today, uh, do we learn any new details about exactly, you know, anything new about the crimes itself? Because as you've been reporting, we've only been able to, to confirm, you know, little slices of evidence. Did we learn anything new today? We did not. Mm-hmm. And I guess for you, now that this phase is over, what is it like to see kind of your reporting, you know, turn into a, a sentence for someone? What was that like? Um, I have a lot of, you know, mixed feelings about it. You never, you know, it doesn't feel good to know that someone is going to have to go to prison. You know, mm-hmm. the parents of children are going to have to go to prison. But it does feel good to feel like, well, actually to know that my work um, sort of got the inv- the criminal investigation, you know, going and kind of got them interested in it. Um, because, you know, we always try, we always hope that we can help, you know, that our work will help, that people will read it and say, oh, this information is interesting to me and I'm going to act on it. Uh, but we don't typically get to know if we have helped. And in this case, I get to know that my work helped, you know, change the trajectory from, you know, crime to justice. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's the coolest feeling. Yeah, it's, it, it's you know, this is what journalism serves to do is to, you know, tell the truth. And this essentially allowed the justice system to do what it's supposed to do. And this also serves as a warning for other members, other electeds, you know, if you do something wrong, you will eventually get caught and face justice. I do hope that public officials understand, you know, that there can be consequences for misusing their campaign money in a way that breaks the law. I, I hope that they understand that and that we don't see this this type of spending or these types of violations again. Mm-hmm. Because in order to have an effective democracy, you have to have leaders that aren't beholden to people who give them money and that, you know, money is one of the first things that could lead to corruption and decisions not being made in an equitable way. That's, that's correct. And, you know, it's important um, that people also don't question where the loyalty of their elected officials lie. You know, Mm -hmm. so when your conduct, when your campaign finance reports have oral surgery and a new garage door on them and stuff that, that can create a perception Um, you know, the appearance of corruption. And when people see that, it causes them to lose trust in government. You know, they think, oh, they're all crooks, you know, and they don't want to participate. They don't think that they can fix it. They don't want to vote anymore. And they just sort of, it it cultivates this general climate of mistrust. And if we as a people here in America, Americans cannot trust each other, then democracy just doesn't work. So it's really important that you do the right thing as an elected official and appear to be doing the right thing as an elected official. So 
this idea that, you know, the only people who were hurt by Duncan Hunter's crime are the donors is, is not, it's not the whole picture because that money campaign money is tax free. And so if you're treating it like income and you're not paying income tax, then that hurts all taxpayers. And also if you have your campaign finance disclosures with so much weird things in it and, you know, that it creates an appearance where prosecutors get interested, um, then that's a whole other large amount of taxpayer money that will have to be expended because of, you know, misdeeds. So we really want to try to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Certainly now amidst this global pandemic, this is when we need trust in government and also government showing that they're doing the right thing and actions like these that kind of degrade that relationship have harm that go beyond just the action. And perhaps in the coming years, we're going to have to reckon with uh, what it means that we've lived many of these years without as much trust and participation in government as, you know, America was designed to be. Yeah, I think that certainly we will have to reckon with that. I think certainly, you know, there's an argument to be made that we're we're already reckoning with it. Um, and, you know, I just hope that this sentencing gives people a sense, um, you know, that the system does still work, that facts do still matter, that, you know, our laws are still important and enforceable and, you know, that there are consequences for breaking them. I think that's all very important. So I hope that that's the that that's the um, perception that that is out. So this is a long and winding story. You've been writing about it for years. What do you recommend for getting people up to speed about how this journey unfolded? Well, luckily, we have a documentary series and it is called The 50th. And you can find it on our website or YouTube. Um, And it's it has several episodes so you can kind of get a feel for what went on and how our work came together. All right. I'm Morgan Cook. Thank you so much and stay safe. Thank you. Now, here's today's coronavirus update. Nationally, the case count topped more than 5,500 today, and the death toll is now more than 100. Cases are now in every state and D.C., Tuesday morning, the Trump administration announced plans to give Americans cash and provide some relief for small businesses. The details are being worked out, but due to the economic effects of the virus, there is bipartisan support for a solution. In San Diego County, the Navy has reported that five sailors have tested positive for the virus this week. The Rolling Stones have canceled their tour, which was planned to start in San Diego in May. San Diego County announced a tech system for coronavirus updates. To sign up, text COSDCOVID19 to 468311. Macy's and Nordstrom are closing for at least two weeks, but Jimbo's is planning on hiring more people to meet with the high grocery demand. Baja California's Secretary of Health said Tuesday that a border shutdown is currently not necessary. So far, Baja has canceled events that have more than 5,000 people in attendance. So far, the state does not have any cases, but 13 tests are awaiting results. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekday afternoons. Amid the coronavirus pandemic, we have lifted the paywall on stories vital to public health. If you are not a subscriber, please consider joining so we can keep you up to date on this unfolding crisis. Go to uniontrip.com slash subscribe. Until next time.